0: How many names can I use to explain the love of my Jesus, the life that he gave? I lived up my life cuz you're always the same and I offer to you i bring Welcome to the Grace Community Baptist Church podcast Following Jesus together is our motto. That is why we are proud to present Pastor Brandon Bullock online for all to enjoy. Chapter one, get everything together here. We're going to pick up in verse number 19. John chapter 1. And I want to just read down uh, to verse number 23 uh, just to get us started. John chapter 1. Pick up in verse number 1 uh, or verse number 19 and read down to verse number 23. Alright? John 1, verse 19, where the Bible says, and this is the record of John, uh, when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem uh, to ask him, Who art thou? And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. they asked him, What then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, No. Uh, then said they unto him, Who art thou, that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? He said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Esaias. Verse. Pointed attention back to verse number 19, just one phrase. And, and we're going to kind of build on this as we look at, at this passage where 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 the Jews sent uh, people to John and they asked him the question Who are you? Who are you? Let's pray together. Father, thank you uh, for your Word and Lord, thank you uh, for this opportunity that we have to be here together, and gathered in your name and your house, opening your Word together. Father, I ask that you would Lord bless in this time together. Lord, I ask Lord that as we open your word. Lord, that truly you would open your word unto us and be our teacher and reveal Lord, more of who you are and and Lord, more of who you would have us to be. Father, help us to see so clearly, Lord, who we truly are in you. Lord, I pray that during this time that your spirit would be our guide, leading us and teaching us Lord, the truth of your word. Lord, I ask that you would grant us understanding of your word. And Lord, that your word would find a lodging place in our hearts and in our minds. And Lord, that it would begin to bring forth fruit in our lives as we apply it to our lives. Lord, I ask that in all of these things that your name would be uplifted and glorified in every heart and life. Father, thank you for this awesome privilege that you've given me to, uh, to minister your word. Lord, I, I confess Lord, I am nothing without you. Lord, I am so unfit, so unworthy of this great task. Lord, I want to be a blessing. I want to help your people. But Lord, the only way that that is possible is is through you, through your spirit, through your power. So Lord, I ask this morning that you would empower me, fill me, consume me, Lord, with you, your spirit, your fire, your power. Love and minister through me this morning. That all would see that that it's you, Lord. That, that, that it's you, not me. Be glorified, be lifted up in this place. Lord, we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We've spent the last several weeks now looking into this first chapter of the book of John. And we've noticed that John has spent a lot of time put a lot of depth, a lot of detail into painting the picture of who Jesus is. And and he's going to, in each uh, following chapter, each following verse, each following phrase, he's going to paint more clearly this picture. He's going to paint in, in greater depth and greater greater detail this picture of who Jesus is. Now, we, we, we come to kind of a... a a turning point in this first chapter, and the the shift goes from who Jesus is to to a man being asked who he is. But we had to first discover and learn who Jesus is before we can truly answer the question, who we are, all right? You see, because our truest identity, our, our truest value, who we are, It's not found in us. It's not found in the world. It's not found in things. We will never realize who we really are until we realize who Jesus really is and until we realize who we are in him. All right. So we've looked at who Jesus is and who is he? Jesus is Lord. He is God in human flesh. He He came to to be the grace of God extended to sinful, undeserving man. He he came to bring us salvation, redemption, forgiveness. Jesus is the creator, the the sustainer, the center of everything that is. That's important that we realize this. Because what we are taught by the world is that we are the center of everything that is. And, And the world revolves around you and me. And, and 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 do what is best for yourself, okay? And that's what the world will teach you, you see, because they don't have a right view of who Jesus is. They don't know him, so they have a wrong view of who they are, okay? We're going to look to answer this question, who are we? But again, first we must realize who he is, okay? He is is everything. He is everything. We find here in in verse number 19, we we, we begin to learn of more depth and more detail of the ministry of John the Baptist. And and we find that, that his ministry consisted of one important thing that was pointing to Jesus. That's why he was here, right? He was on this planet to do one thing, And that was point to Jesus. Can I say this as we go forward? I believe that you and I are here for that very same purpose. I believe that I am here. I believe that you are here to point other people to Jesus. That is why we are on this planet. All right? Let's pick up in verse number 19. We find that that, that the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask John a question. What, what, What question that they want answered. Yeah, they said, John, John, who are you? Who are you? Now, I want you to notice the way that John answers this question. They ask him, and if you really think about it, this is, it's a deep question. People spend their entire lives trying to find out who they are, trying to find their identity, trying to find their value, trying to build their net worth, right? Trying to find out who they are. Here here they come and they ask John, John, who are you? I want you to think for a moment, uh, just to yourself, how would you answer this question? Unbelievers come to you and say, who are you? How would you answer that question? What would be the first thing that came out of your mouth? How would you answer this question? I want to challenge you, and I want to challenge myself by looking at the way that answers this question. Notice with me verse number one, or verse number 20. Uh, I, I want to show you this. He knew he who he was, and he knew who he wasn't. All right? John knew who he was, and he knew who he wasn't. Look at with me verse number 20. And he confessed... And denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. What's he saying here? He's saying, guys, I'm not the one that you're looking for. Nor am I the one that you should be looking for. I am not the one that's important here. Okay, he says, I am not the Christ. So they 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 question him further, verse number twenty one, and they ask him, What then art thou, Elias? And he saith, I am not. And he saith, and verse number twenty one goes on to say. Uh, art thou that prophet? And he answered, no. Then said they unto him, Who art thou that we may give an answer to them that sent us? What sayest thou of thyself? John's getting ready to to, to tell them who he is. I want you to notice, all eyes are on him right now, right? People are looking to him, people are gathering to him. They're coming to be baptized in, 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 in multitudes of people. It's been said that character uh, is defined by two things. First of all, what you do when nobody's watching. Secondly, what you do when the spotlight is on you. How do you behave when everybody is coming to you? When everybody's focusing on you? When everybody's ready to lift you up and anoint you, how do you respond? John here, look at his answer. I love it. He said, I... Verse 23, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. I like that. John says, you know what, I'm, I'm just a voice out here preparing the way for Jesus. I'm just somebody out here pointing other people to Jesus. That's all that I am. You see, he realized that he was not the one that they needed. He was, was not the one that was important. He said, I'm just here pointing to Jesus. Let's turn this question around a little bit to ourselves and ask, who are we? Who are you? Who am I? Now, it's not until we realize, as John did, that we're really not the ones that are important that we can really begin to answer this question. What's really important is not me, but rather what is really important is who Jesus is. What's really important is that I am doing my job of pointing to him. You see, my significance and my identity is not found in the things of this world. My significance, my identity is not found in, in making a name for myself and building up My kingdom for all of the world to see my significance, my value, my identity is not found in my job. It's not found in my possessions. It's not found in things. None of those things define who we are. Okay? None of those things define who we are. How do you value somebody's net worth? The world values your net worth. You add up everything that you own. Everything that you've accomplished, everything that you've done, your significance to other people. They come on and say, This is really what you're valued at, this is what you're worth to the world. Right? If 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 someone was to buy you, this would be the price that they would have to pay. Someone's trying to buy me, they'd say, Well, you gotta pay me to take you. <laughs> how do how do we really value our net worth? You see, life is more than all of those things, right? Life is more than what we have, what we accumulate what we gain. You see, our our, our, our our value, our net worth is not found in these things but rather it's found in Christ and it's found in who we are in Him. Our value, our identity, our net worth is not found in any of these things. Can I tell you our value, our identity is not found in our past? Did you know that? Can I tell you something? Never let your past, never let your failures define who you are or limit what you can do. Never let your past, never let your failures define who you are or limit what you can do. So many times that's the trap that we fall into. We've lived a certain way in the past and we've allowed ourselves to be defined by that, or we've lived lives of failure and we've allowed ourselves to be limited by that. Can I tell you something? God doesn't allow those things to limit what He can do through us, and God doesn't allow those things to 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 identify you. All right? So don't let don't, don't don't let that happen. I want you to give a, a I want to give out a few names. I want to see what what people think when they hear of these names. What do you think about the Apostle Paul? Great Christian, right? He wrote the majority of your New Testament. Right? How many of you remember him as a murderer? As, as, As somebody that just made havoc of the church? Paul could have let that past limit what he could do for Christ. He could have lived in the guilt of all of that for his entire life and say, God, I'm no good because of what I've done. He didn't. He didn't. Instead, he said, Those things that are behind me, I'm leaving there and I'm reaching toward those things which are ahead of me, those things which are before me. He said, I pressed for the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. He didn't let his past or his failures define him or limit what God could do through him. What do you think about David? King David, greatest king, or the first king, that that, or second king, greatest king that, that Israel ever had, right? Killed Goliath with a sling and a stone, did all of these great things. That's how he's remembered. He's not remembered as an adulterer He's not remembered as a murderer. But those things were in his past. Those were failures uh, that, that he lived through. But God did great things through David because David didn't allow his past or his failures to find who he was or limit what God could do through him. I'll throw another one out there. What do you think about when you think about Moses? Moses, great man of God, led... The children of Israel out of Egypt stood up to Pharaoh, parted the Red Sea, moved the children across. He did all of these great things, yet Moses was a murderer. It was in his past. It was a failure. He could have easily said, God, and in fact, he did try to say, God, I can't be used by you. He says, God, I can't even speak well. How are you going to use me? But ultimately, he didn't let his past or his failures, his own inadequacies, limit who or define who he was or limit what God could do through him. You see, my identity, my value, my net worth, who I am is not defined by the world. Who I am is not defined by my possessions. Who I am is not defined by my career or my job or my title. None of those things define who I am. None of those things define my significance. So where then is my significance and my identity truly found? Where is my net worth truly found? Listen, it's found in Christ. My value, my identity, my significance is found, first of all, in who he is. Secondly, in who I am in him. Who are we? In Christ. Who are we. In Christ. We started. A couple. I think it was on a Thursday that night. uh, Or Wednesday. I don't know. A couple weeks ago started in on Ephesians 1. And and Paul begins to set out. In Ephesians 1. uh, Telling us who we are. In Christ. I just want to throw a few words out there. that, That Paul uses to describe. Who we are. In Christ. And this is where our significance, our value, our identity is found. Who are you in Christ? Well, I can tell you, first of all, you're chosen. Did you know that? If you are a believer, you've called upon Christ as your Savior, the Bible says that you are chosen. He wants you. All right? How many of you know the world can make you feel unwanted? Amen? How many of you know that people can make you feel unwanted. How many of you know that Christians can make you feel unwanted? Right? Or people too. God wants you. God wants you. The Bible says that you're chosen. Right? Not only are you chosen, but you're also his child. Paul says that, that, that we are brought into his family. We are his children. That is where your identity is found. Not only are we his children, but we are accepted. We are accepted in him and the beloved, the Bible says. How many of you have ever felt rejected, turned down, turned away? Listen, that doesn't happen in Christ. You are accepted in him. I love the way it says, throw over there with me, Romans chapter one, or five, Romans five, verse one. Romans five, verse one. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into the, this grace where we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We're accepted so much so that, that, that we are now at peace with Him and we have access to Him through Christ. That's where our identity, our value is found. We are accepted. So often the world rejects us, turns us away, puts us out. But Jesus says, come, you are accepted in me. Not only are we accepted, we are redeemed. You're here as a child of God. You're redeemed. Right? He paid the price to purchase us back to God. He bought us back to God. That's what that word means. We're redeemed. Right? We were sitting on the shelf. (laughs) He picked us up because he wanted us and he paid the price to purchase us back to God. I love this next word. Not only are we redeemed, purchased back to God, Paul writes in Ephesians 1 that we're forgiven. We're forgiven. I love that that he uses both of these words, right? Before we came to Christ, The Bible teaches us very clearly that we were lost in sin, right? And that sin is what separated us from God. That sin in God's sight is filth and it's dirty. The Bible says that God redeemed us back to himself. Now listen, he redeemed us back to himself, but he didn't just buy us and leave us dirty in sin that way he could Pointed it out to us all the time and say, look at how bad you were, and, and but I purchased you anyway, And but I'm going to leave you in that filth as a constant reminder of that. No. The Bible says he redeemed us, he purchased us, and he forgave us. He washed away all of that filth. He washed away all of that guilt. He washed away all of those stains. Right? The Bible teaches that he cast our sins as far as the east is from the west. They're gone. He buys us and he forgives us. He cleanses us. He washes us. So many times in in earthly relationships we'll have an argument or a fight or or something from our past will be up that, that we're not very proud of. How many of you have things in your past you're not very proud of? Right? We all do. People will drag those up and they'll say, well, you know, I forgive you, but I'm still going to rub it in your face. I tell you, first of all, that's not real forgiveness. Secondly, God never does that. If you've trusted Christ, where are your sins? They're gone. Never to be remembered. No more. So you know where we should leave them? Gone. Yeah. Don't let your past, don't let your failures limit who you are or define who you are and limit what God can do through you. You see, he redeems us and he forgives us, truly showing us that in Christ we are loved. In Christ we are truly loved. Let those things define you. Let those things be where you find your value and your significance. We in Christ experience true love. Not, not, not the worldly kind of love. True love is not, I'm going to love you for what I can get out of it. And that's the way the world teaches to love. True love is you before me. right? True love is I'm going to sacrifice for you so that you don't have to go without. And that's exactly what God did by sending his son Jesus to die for us. He showed his love by sacrificing so that we wouldn't have to go without him. True love, as God expressed it, was you before me. And that's what we find in Christ. You see, my identity, my significance is found in Christ and who He is. It's found in who I am in Him. It's found in His purpose for my life. I can tell you, realizing these things is truly the key to contentment, to fulfillment, and to joy. I was talking to a man at work, and he was just wishing that he could win the lottery be a, a millionaire and never have to work again. And I said, Mike, his name's Mike. Said, Mike, you know, <laughs> you might be happy for a little while, but it's not going to last. I said, if, if, if wealth brought happiness, uh, I said, Mike, then the wealthiest people in the world would be the happiest. And that just absolutely is not true. You see, wealth and or wealth, joy and contentment and peace. And fulfillment is not found in the things that I have. It's found in who I am in Him. Right? It's found in who I am in Him. Look at Philippians chapter 4 with me. Philippians chapter 4, verse number 11. Paul writes, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Paul says, I've learned to be content in whatever my circumstances are. Notice with me verse 12. I know both how to be, be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. <sighs> now here's the kicker. This is the key. Paul, h- how can you be content like that? How can you have joy and fulfillment even when you're going without? Verse 13 I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. The key to contentment, to fulfillment, to joy, to peace. Is found in Christ, realizing who we are in him. Look at Hebrews 13, verse 5 with me. We'll start wrapping this up here. Hebrews 13, verse 5. Bible says let your conversation that word means your manner of life, your conduct your way of living let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have how can we do that? how can I be content even if I don't have something that I think I want or, or that I feel I need notice with me he says for he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Amen. That's where peace, that's where joy, that's where fulfillment is truly found. Not in the accumulation of goods to myself, but in realizing who I am in him, realizing who he is and investing my life in his work for his kingdom and for his glory. The world teaches that selfish living will make you happy. That selfish living will bring you peace. That selfish living will will, will bring fulfillment. I don't think it's working. I don't think it's working. Jesus teaches a different way. Jesus teaches, lose yourself in me. Jesus teaches, take up your cross and follow me. Jesus teaches you and me decreasing and him increasing. And then he says, in the world we will have tribulation. He says, in me you will have peace. You see, our peace, our joy, Our contentment is found in him. Let's pray together. Father, thank you uh, for this time together. Father, thank you uh, for these wonderful promises found in your word of who we are in you. Thank you, Lord, that you love us as only you can. You've chosen us. You've saved us. You've redeemed us. You've forgiven us, Lord, thank you. Help us, Lord, this morning, not to grow discouraged or to lose heart because of circumstances. Lord, help us not to be defined by our circumstances. Help us not to be limited by our past or by our. Help us rather to realize who we are in you. Bless as we have a time of invitation. Lord, I pray that you would move and work in our hearts. Bring forth fruit uh, from your word that has gone forth. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to attend our services, we are located at 44 Beebe Street in beautiful Lake Orion, Michigan. We meet on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and have Sunday school at 10 a.m. followed by worship service at 11. We look forward to meeting you.